Welcome to Energy Talks, a regular podcast series with expert discussions on power system testing topics. My name is Scott Williams from the podcast team at Omicron, and I will be your host. In this episode, we are going to talk about the challenges being faced by a changing power grid. These challenges are influencing work practices and priorities, not only now, but also into the future. What are these challenges, and how can they best be mastered? With me to talk more about this topic is Florian Fink. He is a product manager at Omicron who specializes in the area of industrialization and distribution. He also has many years of experience in field testing, especially with Omicron CMC test set. And he has also conducted research to identify factors driving change in the power grid. Hello, Florian. Welcome to Energy Talks. Hello, Scott. Great to be here. Florian, tell us about the type of research you conducted. So in the power grid, there is so much going on, especially in the medium voltage area or low voltage area due to all the challenges we are facing here with decarbonization and so on. And uh, we would like to uncover a little bit of the mystery what's happening there. So having a look um, into the the grid and um, what our customer are doing there. There are so many buzzwords like microgrids and so on. And yeah, we would like to see what's really happening in the grid, talking with our customer and uh, trying to help them. Very good. And we'll be talking more about this in this episode. Florian, what excites you most about working in the power industry? So for me, it's always fascinating, the power of electricity It's at its own. So when the, the journey started 100 years ago with the first machines um, and all the power it now gives us uh, driving all the electricity, starting from heating over now electric cars, um, uh, light, very simple, but very powerful um, and um, making this available for everybody. That's, that's a big advantage we have nowadays. Florian, as the product manager for industrial and distribution applications at Omicron, what are the factors you see leading to changes in the power grid? So we see there at the moment big changes, uh, mostly due to the terms decarbonization or energy transition. So what is happening there? Um, we have uh, changes um, yeah, due to the decarbonization in the transport sector, in the power generation sector, in the heating sector, and also industries are changing uh, their production. For example, steel and also others uh, try to decarbonize and uh, bringing more uh, yeah, power coming from renewable energies um, into um, their grid. So um, we see more electricity demand and new task for the power grid and, and the utilities. Okay. Florian, what are the consequences for the power grid now and into the future? So as we are switching um, more to renewables, we, we see um, less big power plants um, which are changing uh, the structure of the grid, uh, which was established uh, uh, last year. Um, yeah, very so um, we have uh, changing load flows in the power grid as mm -hmm. we had in the past uh, right all the way down from the big power plants 
through the transmission distribution sector down to the households or the industries. And now we have also, um, yeah, uh, that the, the households itself have uh, PV installations. Industries have their own um, smaller power generation. So this changing the load flow totally. Um, due to that, we have much more redispatching in the high voltage lab uh, uh, area. So uh, due to all the changing load flow, uh, uh, the generations, the generations we have coming from, uh, for example, offshore wind farms or um, PV installations. Um, mm -hmm. So sun is shining different or only on the day. Uh, wind is um, coming on, on different times. And therefore, we um, yeah, have to handle that uh, in the power grid. And yeah, the, the transmission of the DR energy um, will happen off also uh, on the electrical way. But there is also going uh, with, with power to gas. Uh, so transmitting this energy also via gas. Okay, just to clarify, what is DER energy? DER is a distributed energy resources. So it's a typical term used for yeah um, the PV um, photovoltaic um, wind energy um, gas and also yeah all what's all um, also renewables. Um, there are big power plants um, like I mentioned already um, offshore wind farms, um, but also a, a small installation on a household with maybe five kilowatts. Florian, how are these challenges handled by the industry? So what we see at the moment, there are uh, grid expansions on, on all voltage level. Um, so we see the uh, massive investments into the grid to um, yeah, uh, handle these um, yeah, upcoming new energy needs on, on two different levels. And um, what we also see is um, that we see the digitalization of the substations on, on all level. So we see there an um, increase of, of control um, to make these uh, substations more and more smart and um, that they get automated um, to make it easier to control. On the other hand, um, of course, it's also um, very uh, difficult for the workforce itself. So we see also the workforce management because the workforce get more and more uh, complex tasks uh, to do. Um, mm -hmm. And therefore, it must be handled as, um, yeah, as good as possible. And what is also happening, and it's one of the largest investments, is that the distribution grid is getting smarter. So the distribution grid um, is one key element um, where the load flow is changing domestically. Um, and there, at the last years, it was more or less a blind spot for the um, uh, distribution utilities. What is exactly the load flow in the distribution grid? Um, here are more and more sensors um, are installed. Um, these sensors um, sending up the data to, to the SCADA um, or control center so that the utilities can better do planning or um, adjust uh, the load flow here. And um, also what's happening here, the interaction with, with prosumers. 
Interesting. That's an interesting term. Florian, tell us about prosumers. So, as you might know, in the past, we, we a normal household was just passive. It was consuming the energy um, for cooking and all the other stuff. Um, but what's happening now, um, we have a um, um, uh, solar installation on the rooftop. Um, we have a heat pump uh, for um, the heating um, and um, maybe in also an, an electrical car. Um, or also um, a battery inside of a household. So these are all mm -hmm. um, stuff which is available right now. And um, such a household is now an active component in the power grid, not only passive consuming. It uh, can deliver um, energy to the power grid. It can store uh, energy on, on the heating sector or also in, in the battery or the car itself. And um, here, of course, it's a key element to interact with these consumers to make the power grid stable so we can um, save um, uh, energy in critical situations um, or um, the consumer can help to, to stabilize um, the grid with these interactions. Interesting. So just a quick question about that. If I am generating my own energy at home, am I also supplying some of this energy to the power grid? Yes, of course, it depends on the um, distribution utilities and, and it's their decision. But in, in many countries, this is possible. So um, with your solar installation, you can also um, yeah feed into the power grid and um, yeah, and maybe an in, in industry which is um, producing can use in uh, this uh, energy. Florian, are there any new types of measurements or diagnostic equipment required, or are current measurement methods and devices able to cope with with the challenges the grid is facing? So, as I mentioned before, um, what is happening in the um, substation that they are getting digitalized. Um, digital tools are getting more and more important. So, for example, um, this um, communication standard IEC uh, 61850 is coming to the um, substations and um, there um, we need new tools. For example, in the past, um, a technician or engineer could easily measure the secondary voltage of an um, voltage transformer just with a multimeter. Now we are talking about sampled values and therefore mm -hmm. you need a visualization um, and tool and also a device to make these uh, values again, um, yeah, um, reachable. Another thing is to continue is uh, the lifetime of assets. So in principle, when we talk about primary assets, um, we are talking about um, a lifetime of 30 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, when we have a look into the um, secondary applications or control, um, we're talking about lifetimes of uh, 15 or 20 years. Um, so it's, it's really a challenge to make here recommissionings and, and make these um, yeah, as smart as possible. Um, the, the primary assets are still tested. Um, so um, here it's really um, important to do this primary injection um, to to verify everything on the uh, also on the control level. 
Mm -hmm. But the primary asset is health, a transformer um, or an, an uh, current transformer, voltage transformer, overhead lines. These assets have to perform all their lifetime. So with, um, the testing will not change. Of course, uh, monitoring uh, will increase here. Okay, because of the time frame, it's, it's much longer than, than previous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and what we see, and as I mentioned before, we see here the more the, the control technology, um, which is important. Um, and this need also to, to be tested and, and verified. Florian, do you have any particular examples of how the industry is making adjustments in this area? Okay. Um, yeah, one, one example, um, what you see here is that the um, industry is making the distribution grid uh, more smarter. And one key element is uh, um, secondary distribution substations or ringman units, which are installed and deliveries uh, the uh, power to the households or the smaller industries. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, here the grid was more or less passive and just distributing the energy. And uh, we have here now the prosumers. This is, of course, um, now a relevant um, um, topic um, where um, yeah, new technology is installed. So we see here sensors coming in. Um, and um, we see here also sometimes now protection is coming in. And... Um, yeah, a lot of smart things, fault locators, um, uh, making these um, values we have here, so the, the load flow values, voltages, um, currents available, and sending these to the uh, local control center um, for, for two different things. So one is that the control center, um, in case of a uh, fault in the network, can switch um, the, the cables or overhead lines. Um, and on the other hand, um, we have here also um, that the utility gets better an overview about voltage drops or uh, even over voltages due to high uh, solar uh, injection mm -hmm. um, or um, yeah, doing the planning here. So, um, what is um, the, the load of the cable? What's the load of the transformer? And um, yeah, recognized um, what they have to invest in the upcoming years. Um, as you can imagine, um, these investment net need to be planned, and it's not that easy to do this with all the consumers, mm -hmm. um, which are not that easy to calculate. Florian, what makes Distribution substations smart. Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, yeah, not that easy to say, but um, of course the technology control technology um, which is coming, uh, yeah, makes it much more smarter. So we see our protection relays, uh, fault locators, and our RTUs are getting more, more and more digitalized and getting more and more functionality. And um, making not only the measurements, but uh, forwarding this data uh, to SCADA and, and control um, um, and um, make decisions on, on these um, data we are generating um, is making the, the substation itself smart. Um, so, yeah, the digitalization behind what are some of the specific ways Omicron is doing to help 
power system engineers to master these challenges? So we heard now, heard now a lot of about um, uh, new technologies are coming to the grid. And these are um, all uh, stuff the, the technician and engineers need to care about. And uh, we like to make everything um, possible in case of, of uh, measuring or uh, monitoring. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, we would like to, or we are doing to reduce complexity. So that's a typical engineer and um, technician can also handle these measurements. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, um, we would like to do our tools uh, small and lightweight. Um, yeah, to make a, a small footstep um, to carry these um, stuff around and even to make it lightweight uh, for our customers. Um, third thing is uh, we, we are famous for our multifunctional devices so mm -hmm. that you don't need multiple devices carrying around um, with different um, software interactions. So um, our goal is to use a low number of devices. Mm -hmm. And um, the fourth thing is we, we try to digitalize it. And this was, for example, a an, an good thing in the um, uh, Corona price where we had all the shutdowns um, mm -hmm. that also from remote, um, for example, an engineer could assist a technician on site um, with our tools, um, which are mostly um, uh, interact with a uh, PC, um, this is possible. Can you describe some of the ways we're reducing complexity in uh, diagnostic testing? So we try to, to make it from a um, user experience point of view fitting for the application. So we um, do a lot of research together with our customer um, ask them uh, what is the application and what is the detail uh, measurement or diagnostic you would like to do. And mm -hmm. going uh, really on the point, don't make too many uh, options available and uh, design it really for the application um, that the customer can um, really make it forward. Of course, um, it's not always easy because we are in a, in a complex um, world, for example, partial, partial discharge measurements or protection testing that's going in the comprehensive way. It's really, um, it's uh, very complex applications. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, usability starts um, to make um, everything available um, for the customer he want to do, but we try to make it on the point. And could you describe some of the ways we are digitizing our solutions? So mostly all of our um, test sets can interact um, with the PC. And um, having the PC available is also uh, one um, step into the digital world, um, where, for example, somebody over a uh, tool like TeamViewer can have a remote look um, on the measurements. So that's one um, good example, but we have also interaction um, with the PC when there is no direct um, control from a um, PC is available. For example, for Compano 100, we have the possibility to, to store uh, sequences and, and results to a USB stick and um, make the testing even here uh, more simple and um, the, the um, reporting afterwards also digital on the digital way. 
Maureen, to summarize, what can power system engineers be doing now to best prepare for future challenges? Yeah, I think keep on learning and, and accept the challenges. So um, I think it will come into very interesting years here um, with a lot of, of changes. And that's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, be brave and, and try the new ways and also encourage other um, to, to try these new ways. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a um, very interesting area we are currently living and working at. As I, uh, I said before, um, a lot of, of, of control um, or a lot of monitoring and um, digitalization is, is coming. And of course, um, this is, is a challenging uh, task, um, and and um, yeah, creates new tasks. Um, but on the other hand, it, it helps us to to automate um, a lot of things to create uh, time for for the more important tasks. And I think we need to to think a little bit out of the box. Yeah, having a different look on on topics than the the past years. It's always good to learn, sharing the experience um, when you did positive experience, but of, of course also when you did some ne negative experience. That's the, the most we can learn from. And uh, sharing here the, the knowledge to, to other utilities, to other colleagues, is, is very helping us in driving um, all the changes uh, we are seeing in, in front of us um, yeah, in the future. Florian, where can our listeners learn more about the future of power system testing? So in principle, um, here we are from Omicron, um, having different channels available. We are very active at YouTube. We have there a lot of um, videos available um, where you can have a look. Um, we have our custom areas. We have a lot of application nodes there. I would like to encourage you to have a look there. We have different kinds of events, um, uh, depending um, also digital events where you can um, participate and interact with us. Mm -hmm. And um, we have also the, the Omicron Academy, um, where we, of course, um, also like to share knowledge. And also here we have a uh, digital format available um, um, where you can connect remotely. Florian, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us about the challenges facing power grids and what is being done to master them. You're welcome, Scott. And a big thank you to our audience for listening to this episode of Energy Talks. We always welcome your questions and feedback. Simply send us an email to podcast at omicronenergy.com. Omicron has several years of experience in power system testing and offers you the matching solution for your application. For more information about our testing solutions, as well as online courses and webinars offered by Omicron Academy, please visit our website at omicronenergy.com. Please join us to listen to the next episode of Energy Talks. Goodbye for now, everyone. Mm -hmm.